mine now. You belong to me. Today we're going to play a new fun game. And action. Hello and welcome to the Twin Picks podcast. My name is Dan. My name's Nicole. And this is a movie-based podcast where we talk about two films based on a theme. This week it's films about films and we're talking One Cut of the Dead and Life. After that, we'll pick our films and our theme for next week. And the final section is Stitch Up where you're going to be talking about the hottie and the naughty. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about that. I watched some reviews oh, on God. YouTube about it. And um, yeah, it's pretty bad apparently. It's pretty good. Anyway, I want well, no spoilers. I don't believe you for a second. You can't even look me in the eye when you say <laughs> it. Before we get to all of that fun and games, we have our first bit, which we call Anything Goes. We talk about anything we want. So how you been, mate? I've been pretty good and been pretty busy. Just work, really. I haven't gone out too much since, like, things have opened up here. Um, but in a few weeks, I might do some outings on the weekend. What about you? Ooh. How are things going over in the UK? <laughs> You're stuck indoors. Oh, well, yeah. It's <laughs> lockdown. It's lockdown here in the UK again. We keep, so on, got... we keep on playing tag teams. Like, one, <laughs> you know, Oz opens up, you guys close down, you guys yeah. open up, we close down. So hopefully it just stays opened up after all this. That's what she said. But, yeah, we've got the lockdown yeah. battle at the moment. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Already. <laughs> like a minute in. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we've got a lockdown baton at the moment. We've got a couple of weeks left to go. And then Boris assures us that it will be open for Christmas. Um, but who gives a fuck about it, really? Christmas. I mean, a lot, many people do, I, I guess. I'm sort of a minority, really. Yeah. But yeah, so staying in, sorting out loads of stuff. I'm moving in a couple of weeks as well. So I've got all of that stuff oh, yeah. going on and various solicitors and paperwork to deal with and the state agents. So all of your favorite type of people, you know, yeah. I, the, I think like the one profession I haven't dealt with yet is, um, use car salesman. So if I buy a car, which I do plan to do in the next month or so, then, um, I think I would have dealt with all of the most hated professions in the UK. It's been a couple of weeks since we recorded. So I've yes. got a few bits to run through. You could say it's a little bit later than we would have liked, but I'm going to talk about what I did for Halloween. And Sarah oh, yeah. and I, we, we did a evolution of horror quiz on the YouTubes. Got very, very drunk. I only had like four, four or five drinks, but I think they were pretty strong. But the, we did all right on the quiz. We got 41 out of 60. 41.5 out of 60. It's pretty good. And it was a hard quiz. By all accounts, it's, that was a good score. And I did contribute... Uh, one question so or one answer to a question it was Patrick Wilson based so I was I was very pleased with myself about that (laughs) but when we got when we got back uh, she has she had four pumpkins randomly obviously one had a candle in it as per you know standard Halloween procedure and me being me I decided to try and make a pumpkin hat when I was very very drunk so I spent about an hour scooping out all pumpkin innards put it on my head for about three (laughs) seconds and then passed yeah. out. My head was a little bit sore the next day, I have to say. With the pumpkin wrapped around your head. It could have been the pumpkin or it could have been the, the booze. Probably a bit of both. Let's blame it on the pumpkin. Let's blame it on the pumpkin. That's a nickname for a band, isn't it? Let's blame it on the pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like a Halloween anthology film. Let's blame it on the pumpkin. The pumpkin strikes again. Pumpkin's back in the habit. I don't know what, what's happening. We're so far away from Halloween now, we could probably even use this for next year. Yeah, we could. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a bit of fun and it's one of the f- a few sort of sociable things that I've done this year. So I've got, got to talk about it. Um, what else have I been up to? Oh, well, not that I want to talk politics. I'm not going to go into that. But obviously I, I watched... Uh, this is the first year that I've not been working. So I was able to stay up mm-hmm. all night and watch the election. Did you watch it for like 72 hours or was more than that? <laughs> How many days did it go for? About four in the end, I think. Yeah. No, I watched. I just watched it till until about seven in the morning, and when it was clear that you know a few states weren't going to be uh, announced, I sort of switched off. But it could have gone either way. I, I actually thought I had a strong feeling before the election that Trump was going to get it again. Yeah, same. I yeah. also thought the same thing. Obviously, I don't know. Do you want the cartoon villain to get in, or do you want the the, the same old politician to get in? It's like, well, yeah. Obviously, I don't want the cartoon villain running things. He's probably got like a cartoon bomb detonator somewhere or some, like some acme like 
I don't know. I'd love for them to strap him to one of those cartoon elastic bands and then just launch him out of the White House. That would be oh, nice. yeah. Catapult. A catapult Slingshot. would be nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Slingshot. That's the word. I've been trying Slingshot. to think of that for months. <laughs> there you go. So, so, sorted that out for you. Yeah. But I stayed up all night to watch the election and then it didn't, we didn't even find out who won. So that was a bit of a waste of time. But it was, you know... I wanted to do it. It's the first time I've been able to do it. So um, what else have I been up to? I recorded a podcast with one of our Instagram pals oh. who I've been chatting to for quite a while. Yeah, cool. Colin at 20 Minutes of Truth. So I don't know when it's going to come out, actually. Probably be a while. I'll send you a link when it comes out and you can listen to us waffling on about movies. What, do you, what were you talking about exactly? Was it like you were reviewing a specific, uh, like a film or a topic? Well, the agenda was what, what you said to me was uh, do you fancy talking about uh mid budget movies mid-range movies you know 20 to 40 million mark i suppose that's kind of low budget really and you know are we getting as many as we used to what's the general consensus how we saw things going we spoke about streaming platforms a little bit and the kind of ubiquitous nature of them at the moment you know you, you've got so much content available to you uh, and then we we nerded out about marvel for about 45 minutes so it was a lot of fun there's a there's an independent film getting shot here at the moment. Uh, Liam Neeson's in it, apparently. Actually, there's a, there's a few films being shot in Melbourne, but that that's been all over the news this week. So kind of kind of is interesting. Apparently, it's supposed to look like it's from the states, but it's been shot here in Melbourne. So and then like Tom Hanks is in Queensland finishing off his film. I think it's Elvis that he might be shooting up there. And Elvis. someone mentioned to me the yeah, I think it's Elvis. And then Zach Efron's in Adelaide shooting something. And apparently he's bought a place in Byron. All the gossip I get from my friends at the moment. They're like, oh, we have you work in the film industry. You must hear all about this stuff. I'm like, yeah, bits and pieces I may hear, but yeah. yeah. I wonder what city Melbourne's gonna double up as in the States. I don't know. I'm not too sure what it's supposed to what part of the US it's supposed to look like. We'll wait and see. I think it comes out sometime next year. I'm not too sure what the title is for the film, but yeah. I look forward to hearing more about it. Uh, but is it Taken 4? No, I don't think so. God, I Hasn't not. Taken 4 happened already? <laughs> it hasn't, thankfully. Have you seen Taken 3? Is that the one in Istanbul? I think so. No. I think I've watched that no, one. That's, the second one is in Istanbul, if I remember correctly. And the third one, I think comes back to the states um honest thief which is a new liam neeson film that's come out recently i don't know if i would be something that i may see i saw it's come out in the cinemas because cinemas are open i finally opened back in Yay. melbourne this week so i got very excited have you been i actually went to the cinema yeah i had <laughs> second day i was like gonna go see baby teeth and um yeah it was really good it was really nice I went to an independent cinema in in Carlton. Was it busy? Uh, well, you're only allowed like 20 people per cinema, but it, it's an indie film. So it was kind of the amount mm. of people you would find in for that film. And it's kind of like near the end of when things are wrapping up in the box office for it. Any good? Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that film. I had it. I, uh, it broke me a little bit. Oh, it's one of them. Is it, is it a crier? Yeah, because of just like things that have happened recently to me this year, it kind of mm. hit me hard on that aspect. And um, it's you felt like you knew Miller and her family, and it's just this really gorgeous film. There's some really beautiful scenes like uh, Miller and Moses. They go to this kind of house party. It's got fluoro right uh, lights going around and. Uh, there's two murals of uh, Indigenous Australians, uh, Indigenous Australian people. One of the f final scenes, she's um, she plays the violin and her mum's playing the piano, and I, I just like was taken away by it. It was really good. I I recommend it for sure. Okay. Anyone that wants to go see it. Well, I've, I think I've literally got about 260 films on my letterboxed watch list. Plus, Sarah and I have our own <laughs> movies we need to see together list. And it's fucking Ooh. insane. But the, um, the baby teeth, all right, noted. You you rate it. Um, what did you, yeah. did you give it a rating on Letterboxd or anything? I think I gave it four out of five. I'm mm. pretty sure. 
And I'm, I left a review as well. Did I'm you? pretty sure Baby Teeth might be on. It might be on a streaming service in the UK. You know um, that film we were talking about a little while ago, Relic, the one where your mate did the uh, special effects mm, for? Yeah. I think that's starting to get some traction over here. I've seen a few reviews pop up, and I wonder if it's come out um, on, on streaming yeah. services somewhere. I'll, I'll look it up for you. Oh, thanks. Um, Save me I'll, see, I'll see later. You can, you can check it on Letterboxd. You can see which yeah. country's the streaming service. It's I, I, I only sort of thought about that yesterday. I keep hearing it sort of pop up, and I don't know. It might not be available yet. That got a few uh, good reviews and obviously uh, you spoke about it earlier on in a year so I'm, I'm quite keen to see that. I'm assuming it's independent film as well so kind of on the theme that you you were talking on the podcast with your with our new friend. Probably a really good um, contender for that sort of I don't know what the budget was but I imagine it was pretty pretty low right? I feel like a lot of Aussie films are quite low budget unless it's like movies coming from the States they pump a bit of money into it. I man, I watched season two of The Boys. Have you seen any of this show? I've seen part of season one and it's something that I do want to get back and watch it at some point. I just need to make some time. I'm trying to make, because usually I am more TV uh, buff than watching films. So once I've done, you know, my 366 films this year, then I can... Maybe next year on the podcast, I'll be reviewing more television shows. But yeah, yeah. I, and I saw that you saw like there's like a, a making. Was that like the? There's also like a making of it. Is that what's what was that? Oh yeah, um, yeah. On on Amazon Prime, there's a. I, I haven't watched it to be honest. It just made me laugh because the title of it is Inside the Boys. And I made a joke oh, yeah. about the Vatican. Yeah, I didn't watch that, but I did manage to watch every episode of season two. There are eight episodes and I managed to burn through all of them in less than 24 hours. It was that good. I really enjoyed the first season. I think I might have liked, I d- actually, I definitely enjoyed the second season more because I just burnt through it so quickly and I just wanted to see what mm. was going to happen. It was very funny. It's very dark. It's very political. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on uh, that's going on in it, like uh, a lot of kind of racist rhetoric and like social media and like media echo chambers of certain views and mm-hmm. extreme beliefs and that sort of thing. And there's a there's a bit of a Scientology thing in it as well, which I won't spoil, but it's a lot of fun. If you're going to get time next year to be our be our TV correspondent, then yeah, burn through and see yeah. what you reckon. Good show, Sweet. really, really good show. You know, I don't watch a lot of shows. I watch more films. I'm up to 345 this year. I'm up to 324. You're catching up, aren't you? Sometimes I just put on a film because I'm like, oh, it's another, it's another one off the list. And I'm sort of running out of things to watch. Well, you, you're saying you watch this was like over 600. Was it 600 you were saying? Uh, I've got 200 odd on Letterboxd and then Sarah oh. and I's list is... Uh, like a page and a half deep I think now but yeah that, I mean that's great but the, not all of them are available on streaming so it might be something that's coming yeah, out in a few true. months or whatever and then I've got to wait yeah. until it comes out so not everything's available but yeah I'm up to three four five I managed to watch 15 films this week uh, I'll just burn through them quickly because Halloween we watched Trick Our Treats which is a horror anthology film about a pumpkin man and it was all right it was a, it was a bit of fun after that I watched a film called His House have you heard of this Oh, I saw you do some posts about it, but I hadn't heard of it prior. A haunted house film, I would say. It's, you could kind of classify it as that. It's about two immigrants that come over to England and the whole journey is fraught with um, grief. And it's kind of about them processing that grief and some very literal stuff going on as well. won't say anything else just really really worth 90 minutes if, you, if you're going to watch one film in the next week i would say watch his house it was excellent i watched overlord again with mr wyatt russell or kurt russell jr that was a lot of fun i watched creed and creed 2 creed is one of my favorite get me going films i love it it's great creed 2 not so much i watched a film called blood vessel which is nazis again there, i seem to be watching a lot of things about nazis recently like, i don't know why it's just very coincidental. I don't know what's going on. Someone's trying to push a narrative, maybe. Who knows? Let's not talk. Let's not do a Nazi double bill. <laughs> <laughs> we could maybe do war films and then that could kind of slip yeah. into it. But That's, that's what she said. Um, John dies at the end. I've got one word written next to it, which just simply says mental. It's a lot of fun, though. 
I watched Blue Ruin, which is which is pretty good. Very, very tense film. Oblivion, that Tom Cruise sci-fi film where it's Tom Cruise again doing Tom Cruise stuff mm-hmm. in a Tom Cruise film as Tom Cruise. It was slightly better than I remembered it to be, but still not brilliant. Oh, I watched Little Joe, which was really good, which is a British film about a botanist. And she's kind of genetically engineered a plant. And the idea is that this plant is going to release a fragrance that releases dopamine in a human brain. So a happy plant, if you like. Very slow. Not an awful lot happens in it. But I didn't know where it was going or what was going to happen. And I, I found it quite edge of your seat. I watched The Report with Adam Driver and Annette Benning. You had this on your letterbox watch list, didn't you? Yeah, I, I've been meaning yeah. to watch this, but I haven't. I think I've been kind of saving it for like a, a Amazon Prime double bill, like specifically from Amazon. Well, I watched it, and then when I went to rate it on Letterboxd, I'd, I saw that it was on your want to watch list. Definitely watch it. It's really, really good. Obviously, it's about the, um, well, just so come out and say it, the torture that the CIA did after 9 11 and the Patriot Act and the stuff that they were. They managed to get away after Cheney brought that that legislation in, and it's brutal. It's fucking brutal, mate. But it's really about Adam Driver's character, Daniel J. Jones, and he written this seven thousand page document. And at the end, they re- they released like a six hundred page executive summary, which is available online. I actually found it and I started to read it, but it's pretty hard reading. You got any films that you want to chat about? So. Uh... A couple of films that I've seen that I'll mention this week. A Good Old Fashioned Orgy, which I thought was going to be really shit and stupid, but it's actually kind of fun and funny. Okay. Not something I I would want to do with my mates, but... What, an orgy? (laughs) Yeah, that would... Why not? I I would think it would be super awkward. (laughs) Awkward, yeah. (laughs) It It would definitely be... Do you think you'd be able to look them in the eye afterwards? Yeah, no. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard of this. Has this got Jason Sudeikis in it? Yes. But it was all right, was it? It was. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, what else have I watched? I watched An Education, which I've watched previously. That's quite good. Um, the Untouchables, because uh, Sean Connery passed away a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, oh yeah, I put something on that he's done. There's heaps of his films on Stan, actually. Like most most of his Bond films are on there, yeah, and um, a fair few of his other ones. So I might go through his movies over the next few weeks. You should watch his last film, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah? Yeah, it's brilliant. Is that a gag? Oh, are you being serious? I'm always serious. <laughs> You're like the hottie and the naughty, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not oh, that bad. God. It's not as bad as everyone says, but it's not great. Um, I watched a Bollywood film called The Crow's Egg. The Hindi, uh, is it Hindi that they speak? I apologize because I know we've got a fair few uh, listeners in India listening to our podcast. So hello to our listeners over there. Hello to our listeners and educate us. If we get shit wrong, just let us yeah, know. Right? Yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely. I think the ti- the title in in their language is called Kaka Mutai, which okay. I think translates to uh, crow's egg it's a second bollywood film that i've seen before that i've quite enjoyed mm. uh from from india and it's about these two two young boys who are from the slum and this peaches shop opens up but it's quite you know they they're quite poor and they don't have enough money to buy this pizza so they you know scavenge around to get some money to you know finally try this amazing pizza and there's a, also a little bit of uh, politics between, you know, higher class and lower class as well. Mm. So it's kind of nice that they um, they showed that in the film. Uh, not about, yeah, not about watch. I've uh, I've made a list of a few Bollywood films, so I might watch them in the, over the next few weeks as well. The only one I ever saw was Bride and Prejudice, which obviously was <laughs> did not go down very well with me in the slightest. I think I've mentioned this to you. I watched Dangle. Dangle was my first mm. 
uh, Bollywood film that is not, you know, singing and dancing. And I watched that in India. I forgot which city I watched it. And it's the, the, one of the best cinema experience I've ever had in my life because it's like you're watching a theatre production because, like, the yeah. whole crowd gets all excited and, like, if the main actor comes on, they're like, woo, yeah! Or yeah. if, like, something really dramatic happens, they go, ooh. It is the most hilarious cinema experience that I've ever had and I loved it. I love to go watch a film again. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I watched The Gentleman. I watched Emma. Uh, sex Ed, the movie, which is uh, about how sex e- education has been shown throughout cinema, which was quite interesting. I watched a film called Contact, which yeah. is about a, a group of Indigenous people that was the first time I think Indigenous people ever got recorded. wasn't too bad. And that's about it. Awesome. Shall we move on to the, um, the, to the next section then when we're going to talk about our films? Yes, let's do that. Section two, we're going to be talking about two films about films, which are One Cut of the Dead and Life. Before that, we do a little topic intro. And because this was my choice, actually, it was Sarah's recommendation, this one. So thanks, Sarah, for suggesting this thing. And I'm going to do a quiz. Quiz time. Quiz time. Quiz. 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 I'm leaving all of that in. Right. So I have I have five questions for you, and they're all. I was going to say, is there a stitch up advantage? No, no stitch up advantage. I'm afraid. So I've got five questions. They're all multiple choice. So you'll have three options to choose from A, B, and C. So. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you steady? Yeah. Let's get ready to rumble! Question number one. Which 1994 comedy drama directed by Tim Burton stars Johnny Depp and features Martin Landau as Bella Lugosi? Is it A, Edward, B, Jedward, or C, Gottwood? Edward. Correct. I better write this down. <laughs> tick, tick for number one. Tick. Question number two. The 2016 musical romance movie La La Land was directed Mm. by who? Was it A, Emma Stone? Was it B, Damien Chazelle? Or was it C, Michael Bay? I'm going to go B. B, correct, Damien Chazelle. Question number three. Wes Craven's New Nightmare was the final chapter in the original Freddy Krueger franchise. But how many were there in total? And I'm not including the 2010 god-awful reboot. And your options are A, 5, B, 6, or C, 7. I don't know. I'm going to go A, 5. That's probably wrong. Seven. It was seven. Yeah. Question number four. The 2018 film Stan and Ollie starred Steve Coogan as Stan Laurel, but who played Oliver Hardy? Was it A, John C. Riley? Was it B, Paul Giamatti? Or was it C, James Franco? Uh, John C. Riley. Uh... Correct, correct. Oh, I accidentally gave you a tick for number three. I'll turn it into a cross. I give it a tick. What? Give it a tick. Come on. <laughs> you went up twenty five. Then I couldn't understand you. Give it a tick. All right. No, it's a cross. It's a cross. <laughs> right. Last question. In the last episode, we almost chose Birdman. Can you tell me who directed it? Was it A. Spike Jones? Was it B. Alejandro Gonzalez Inuritu? Or was it C. Don Coscarelli? B. B. Are you sure it wasn't Don Coscarelli? I'm pretty sure. You're correct. You are correct. You mentioned it on the last podcast. Anyway, yep. idiot. I know. <laughs> seeing if I'm listening. I'm just testing you. Yeah, just seeing how much goes in. Because if you asked me yeah. that question, I would have forgotten it. Definitely. <laughs> Very good. 80%, four out of five. Not, Not too bad. bad. Not too shabby, mate. There is no prize, no. I'm afraid. So we move on to talking about our films then? Yes, let's do that. I reckon that we should start with One Cut of the Dead. It came out. It looks like it came out in Japan in 2017, but I think it got a UK release. Release. It got a release. We're calling it a release, release now. 
Yeah, we're calling it Relace. <laughs> it got a UK Relace, I think, in 2018 or 2019. You know, that's the research for you. I'm great at research, and I. It was directed by, I'm just trying to put off saying this gentleman's name, Shinichiro Ueda. So the cast, Takeyuki Hamatsu as director, Yuzuki Agiyama as Chinatsu, Kazuaki Nagaya as Kazuki, Harumi Shuema as Nao, and Mayo as Mayo. The budget for this film was 3 million yen, uh, which the conversion was about 25,000 US dollars. 25,000. That's pretty good. That's so good. And the worldwide box office was 31.2 million. So it absolutely... They did all right. Smashed it. Yeah. I mean, on such a low budget. They shot this in eight days. They shot it in eight days. Yeah. Did they? The whole thing. um, Yeah. And the, the crew... Uh, some of the cast and crew, they actually put money into it as well. Really? They're like, oh, you know, such a cool uh, cool project. They wanted to just be a part of it. I was thinking that when I was watching it, actually, because, well, well, let's explain a little bit about, about the setup of it, right? Because I had read the synopsis and the synopsis basically says it's uh, about a crew that are shooting a zombie film, but then there's a real zombie attack. And it gets going very quickly. So the first zombie kill is in like 10 minutes. And the director is very, um, he's shooting this film, but he's pissed off with his, his cast and his crew because they're not getting into it enough. And he's trying to facilitate realistic reactions. So when the real zombie attack happens, he's kind of following everyone around and saying, you know, keep rolling, keep rolling. And he's pushing zombies <laughs> into people that. saying action. Yeah, and he's a proper arsehole. That first 40 minutes is all one take on a single camera. I, I, when I was watching it, I was getting a little bit tired of the shaky cam stuff. And I, I was kind of thinking, where is this going to go? But then after the 40 minute mark, it just completely turned the film on its head. And it, yeah, it, you mentioned about the people, the, the cast and the crew putting their own money into it because it was such a unique idea. I thought it was fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, because I got really confused. It's like, you know, the first, it's like the 30 minutes and then the film goes to credits. You're like, hold on a sec, yeah. this film's supposed to be like 90 minutes, what's going on? And then it goes into, you know, um, I think it was like it goes back a month beforehand and they've got this idea, uh, this zombie channel. Was this zombie channel? Yeah, that's right. It was the zombie channel yeah. and they were going to broadcast a live 30-minute feed. A live, yeah, exactly. So, it's, and then you see, you know, the behind the scenes of them trying to, you know, you know, doing rehearsals and getting ready for this uh, live broadcast. And then yeah. the the third and final part of the film is them showing you how they shot this. And it's so funny because, yeah. you know, they, they do some improv. It's like they've got cue cards saying, oh, you know, there's something happening in the background, you know, just just go with it kind of thing. Oh, it was great. I loved it. For a horror film, it was so funny. Right. <laughs> I actually wouldn't class it as a horror at all. Like, um, yeah, it was, it's just, for me, it was a comedy film. For the first, obviously, 40 yeah. minutes, I was thinking it's it's a horror. And I, I was thinking, oh, there's some very strange decisions. And I wasn't on board with it, really. I was, I was kind of disappointed because I'd heard how good it was or it, the kind of reactions it had got. People loved it. Yeah. And for the first 40 minutes, I wasn't sold on it at all. There were things that happened, like the sound guy was just sitting there um, during a zombie attack. And I'm thinking, what, what, what's happening here? There is the zombie, the first zombie. Yeah, the first, I think it's the first zombie kill or the first zombie attack on the guy with glasses who loses an arm. He yeah. kind of vomits on the guy and then he doesn't bite him. And I was thinking, well, it's a zombie. Why is he not trying to bite him? But all of these things got explained later. Things that I thought were kind of really bad creative decisions were 100% <laughs> there was a, a reason for them. As you say, in the third act, they went back to the first act and showed you the behind the scenes of it and how they made it. Exactly. And just <laughs> frantically improvising like you said things are going wrong and they're just improvising the whole way through and I thought it was hilarious I laughed out loud several times yeah I love the um the AD because she, uh, she wasn't supposed to she wasn't initially supposed to be uh doing that part but it was like last minute thing and she hadn't been acting in forever and then they yeah. do uh they say oh yeah let's you know improv you know just go with it kind of thing and um one you know the the start of the film 
Mm. He's like, oh, you know, do you have any hobbies? And then she comes out with, you know, oh yeah, I've been learning martial arts. Pop. And then near, <laughs> yeah, pop. pop. And then also you see see her like fucking kick, like karate kick these uh, couple <laughs> of zombies later on, and I yeah. fucking loved it. She was great. I really because um <laughs> she'd give up given up acting. You find out that she'd given up because she gets too into her roles. And she yeah. got really into it, didn't she? It was really yeah. funny. She was she was a standout. Actually, the, the, the guy that played the director and her were the two standouts for me. I really yeah, enjoyed because because yeah. they were a, a couple as well, weren't they? And they had a mm. they had a child. Uh, they had a daughter. daughter. Yeah, and she was a an aspiring filmmaker in her own right. And she, did you notice the t shirt she was wearing? She she wore a couple of um, uh, t- film t shirts. There was one Jack Nicholson one, The Shining. There was a Scarface one. And there was a Travis Bickle one. In every scene, she was wearing a different film T-shirt. Mm. Which it was just a fun little fun Something little movie Something you reference. noticed, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it just, it made me laugh out loud several times. Um, I just, I really enjoyed how it subverted expectations. And actually, it ended up being quite sweet, I thought, because of the father-daughter relationship and kind of he's following his passion. And his motto was, what was his, what was his motto? Fast, cheap and average. And you could tell he sort of was quite subservient and sort of went along with whatever executive wanted. And his daughter was very much, she wanted authenticity. So I think that they found a bit of a, a common ground while they were making this film. And I just loved how they explained the making of the first 40 minutes and the crane shot when they found out they couldn't do the crane oh, shot. Oh yeah, that's so brilliant. Oh. <laughs> they all do a TP. <laughs> yeah. Like a cheerleading as. TV kind of thing. That's it. Oh, yeah. it's so funny. And she was, and she was on top, and her dad was holding her up, you know, on his shoulders. Yeah. And then it, it kind of, um, it kind of fades to, it kind of, uh, it cuts to a, a photograph of them uh, when she was a child, and that's why I found it quite sweet because they were obviously reconnecting in some way. But um, yeah, I thought this was great. I, I'm really happy that we chose this one. I thought it was, I thought it was excellent. Yeah. And agreed. Of, you know the the one take shot as well that yeah. was actually done in one take so yeah. they they did it in six takes over two days the original title camera wum temeru nai in japanese translates to don't stop shooting which makes sense yeah okay that's cool because I, I didn't i had no idea that it was gonna it's called one cut of the dead so I guess I should have had some kind of inkling that there was going to be some long takes in it, but I had, I had no idea, no idea what I was getting myself into. Yeah, a lot, a lot of fun, mate. And I think I'm going to be constantly going around saying "pop." Yeah, <laughs> that's my new catchphrase. There was a lot. There are a lot of um, off-camera kills. So like you, would, they would go for the reaction shots on the actors while there was an off-screen kill happening, and mm. that was another one of those things that I was thinking, oh, I wish I could see the kills. But they explain it all. They explain everything and why they've got, they're having it, having to do it all off camera because it's a live <laughs> broadcast. Genius, like just one of the most original films that I've seen in a long, long time. I, I can't think of anything like it. It ended up being a film within a film within a film, and and done perfectly as well. It sounds like it would be very confusing. Like if someone explained that to me, I'd think, oh, that sounds a bit odd. I don't know if I'll be able to keep up with it. But they did it very well. Like you said, they did the first 40 minutes single take and then they went back a month to explain, you know, the casting and all of that stuff and the setup. And they did some read-throughs and all of that sort of thing. And uh, dealing with the actors, some of the actors were very difficult. Did you get my email? I sent an email. And that just, I mean, that was quite accurate, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of fun. I think anyone that's got a mild interest in in film get a huge kick out of this um it was good to see all the behind the scenes stuff fans of comedy fans of horror yeah i think i'd i've I'd struggled to think of anyone that, that might not enjoy this um i'm gonna try and get my mum to watch it and see if she likes it that could be the ultimate litmus test mm. mother's reviews yeah. no for my my mum my mum would watch the full the first 40 minutes and she'd be like, this is ridiculous. Maybe by the end of it, she might enjoy it. Well, this is it. I mean, if it wasn't for the podcast, I may well have turned it off within the first 40 minutes and not finished it. Um, yeah. but because I had to watch it for the pod, uh, I stuck with it. And then as I say, after the first 40 minutes, 
it just completely turned on its head and it made everything else. And now I want to watch it again to see that first, that first act, knowing what I know now. Brilliant. I can't praise this film enough. Um, I'm going to give it a strong nine out of 10 uh, and I'm going to have to watch it a few more times. I'm going to buy it. I think it's definitely one for my collection. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give this an 8.5 out of 10. Awesome. Strong score. Shall we move on to life? Life. Or life. Let's move on to life. Or life. Or life. Or life. Let's talk about life then. Not the Ryan Reynolds one and not the Eddie Murphy one. The other one. The Robert Pattinson one and Dane DeHaan. So this came out in 2015 and it was directed by Anton Corbin. And it stars Robert Pattinson as Dennis Stock, Dane DeHaan as James Dean, Joel Edgerton as John Morris. I knew someone called John Morris once. Hmm. True story. And Ben Kingsley (laughs) and Ben Kingsley as Jack Warner. And this film is about well, it's not the thing is I was went into this thinking it's got James Dean in it, or it's got Dane DeHaan playing James Dean. It's gonna be about James Hmm. Dean. And it wasn't really. He was a he was a he was he was second lead, I guess. But it was more about Dennis Stock, I would say. And it did very much show some parallels between Dennis and James Dean. But it was definitely more Robert Pattinson's film. I mean, he got the character arc in the end. He's following around James Dean. He's a photographer. And they kind of click. And he's following him around trying to get these shots of this up and coming star, you know, that he's, and at the same time, it's set around the backdrop of James Keane, James Keane. God, I'm doing well today. Right? James, <laughs> James Keane. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I'm not Jimmy. editing any of this. Jimmy, Jimmy, no, yeah, no. Jimmy D. Jimmy. JD. Jud. Uh, it's about JD. him. <laughs> he's, it's in the era, era when he's trying to secure that rebel without a cause role. And yes. about his nature, uh, he he's a bit portrayed. I don't know how accurate to the real character Dane DeHaan's performance was. Uh, do you know anything much about James Dean? I uh, well, the thing is, I watched. Well, I say I watched. I rented Rebel Without a Cause, and I meant to watch the rest of it last night, and then my rental finished. So I was like, oh no! But I I found his performance of of Jimmy not as precise okay. like he kind of he yeah he looks a, he looked fairly like james dean but mm. he just the way he he spoke was i found him yeah. speaking quite soft compared yes. to how james dean would because i actually watched a couple of interviews as well i was like oh how is am i just getting this wrong maybe he you know as in his uh, in his movie roles, which was he James Dean didn't do many uh, mm. films, obviously because he passed away yeah. uh, in an art, a car accident when he was twenty four or twenty five. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I I was like, I watch yeah, I watch it films, and then I'll see some interviews, and he yeah he I felt like he his uh, his accent was quite soft on him like yeah he did have a uh, bit of a carefree attitude yeah. I, I would agree on that but yeah just his how how he how his dialogue wasn't on point with James Dean at all he was very softly spoken Dane DeHaan in this like you said and yeah. I found it quite difficult to understand what he was saying sometimes mm. and it did. I've never seen any interviews with James Dean, so I didn't know if he was just doing a really good impression of him or not. I didn't know, but it didn't feel quite right to me. I did look at pictures of James Dean, and as you say, it was pretty spot on how he looks. But that's yeah. not that important to me, really. Like it doesn't matter if an actor looks like a, a character so much. It's more about if they get the essence of of the character. I'm not. Also, I'm not familiar with those iconic photos of James Dean and this this film sort of it looked like it was kind of structured around those photographs right like uh when James Dean is getting his hair cut or when he's playing with his was his brother or cousin his or something. nephew his nephew yeah yeah he's got nephew or cousin yeah yeah and it, lovely it, photos 
by all accounts, those shots are iconic shots. And it, it felt like this film was kind of revolved around those and the telling of how those shots got got taken and what were the circumstances around it. And I didn't, I just didn't find it very compelling, to be honest. And I think, well, James Dean didn't get, Dane DeHaan didn't get any character arc, really. He was, he started the film as a bit of a petulant child, really, a bit sulky. And mm. he finished that way as well. And, you know, that's, that's fine. But it just, it just struck me. I was just, I guess I was just surprised that the character arc was, that, that, that Dennis Stock got the character arc. Obviously he is following around James Dean. He's kind of um, denying his own responsibilities with his child in New York. And by the end of it, yeah. he makes a decision to not go with James Dean and stay in New York with his family. So it, it was clear that he'd gone through enough of a change and James Dean didn't get that at all. Which, And I say again, it's fine because, you know, he obviously died when he was very young. So mm. what can you do with that story? I just, I was disappointed because I've always wanted to learn a bit more about James Dean. He sounds like someone that I'd find quite interesting. And I was very surprised how they, met, they managed to make him a bit dull. And I didn't find it very interesting, very compelling. I didn't, in fact, in an hour and, hour and four minutes in, I wrote down, where is this going? And by the end of it, I didn't really get a conclusion. And yeah, I did enjoy the two parallels between the main characters, I'll say that. They, they yeah. both were lost and kind of awkward. There was one particular scene that I really enjoyed with Robert Pattinson and his agent, who was Joel Edgerton. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, jo- that was the John Morris character. And... John Morris was sort of saying to him, you know, why are you so keen to shoot James Dean? And Pattinson was describing, he said, oh, there's this awkwardness to James that I really want to try and capture. And while he's making that speech to him, he's not making any eye contact with Joel Ledgerson. And I just, I found that very interesting because I thought he was projecting, like he was seeing something in James Dean that was in himself. So I just... I enjoyed those parallels between the two characters. So there was that, there were things that I did like about it. But there was quite a lot that I found quite laborious. I didn't enjoy the the um, Jack Warner character, Ben Kingsley. I thought it was a bit stereotypical executive kind of role, like fuck you yeah. kind of role. You know, listen to us. Again, might be accurate. I just thought it was a bit. I thought it was a bit too much. It didn't feel like it was in keeping with the film as well because all of the other characters were very subdued, and particularly Pattinson was just very. He was quite withdrawn and subdues and Ben Kingsley's lives and life. And it just, it felt like a complete yeah. opposite to what everything else that was going on in the film. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, cause I, I've got like a photography background, so I did yeah. enjoy, um, cause throughout the film, uh, you know, when, uh, Robert Patterson playing Dennis would take a photograph, I, I would stop and actually I kind of researched like the, the shots. And then at the end of the film, you actually get to see some of the shots that Dennis has um, photographed of James Dean. Yeah. And I think I may have studied him at uni or I'm, I feel like I've seen a documentary of his before because he's photographed like Audrey Hepburn and Melanie oh, really? Monroe as well. Okay. So um, I, I, you know, as you know, enjoying photography and editorial, I enjoyed it a little bit more than mm. probably what you did, but I did yeah. find it a little bit dull. I got excited when I saw Screen Australia, but it wasn't filmed in Oz at all. It was filmed in Toronto and LA. Do you know what? I, when I was watching it, I did, th- I did think to myself, I, I hope that you get a bit more of a kick out of this than I did because of the whole photography vibe. Mm. And it might be interesting to look a little bit more into those shots and... Um, the characters and see how accurate those portrayals were and all of that sort of stuff. But as, as someone that has a less than mild interest in, in photography, uh, that, that didn't really sell it for me anymore, but I'm glad that you got a kick out of, out of that particular aspect of it though. Yeah. Um, listen, final I ain't got, thoughts. yeah, final thoughts. I haven't got not an awful lot to say about this. Um, who would enjoy it? Um, I don't know really. It might see the thing is, if you're a James Dean fan, I think this might piss you off a bit. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I learned to 
I learned a little bit about James Dean because I I had little knowledge about, you know, yeah. I didn't even know that he passed away so young or, you know, how he died and all that. Yeah. Um, it was kind of nice to see, you know, him around his family. Those Those scenes were quite nice. Yeah. I mean, if you're interested in photography, you may be interested in this film. Maybe a double bill with Faces Places, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But Faces Places, definitely watch that over life. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. <laughs> final score. <laughs> I've written down five out of ten, dull as fuck. Oh, <laughs> Harsh. I'm going to give this a six out of ten. I... I was sort of thinking about a six, but the more I thought about it, the less I could come up with that I liked. And I kept pausing it, looking or or kept hovering over the timer, looking how much longer there was to go. And after Mm. after an hour, I really, it really, really dragged after for me after an hour. So five out of ten. That's maybe a bit harsh, but there wasn't an awful lot that I enjoyed about it. But we watched it. And it's another film on our watch list. So, you know, gets a point just for that, I guess. Okay, shall we move on to the next section then, where we pick our films and our theme for next week? Yes, let's talk about that. I think it's my topic this week. Yeah, it is your topic. It's your choice. Yeah. So what are you thinking, mate? Um, I also went, you went with a, one of our listeners last week, and I'm also going on that path as well. So Film Foods uh, suggested mind fuck films i don't know if that's the title we're gonna actually no, go with it's not i don't think i'll be able to put fuck in the uh, episode title I think <laughs> be a, there might be an issue with it as much as i'd love to mind challenging films mind challenging films yeah I, do you know what i'm i'm leaning towards just wtf movies we've got a week to come up with it so Shall I say my choices yeah well the, the chooser of the topic shall choose first it's our motto Catchy in it. Um, number one is Maholland Drive. Oh, Maholland Drive. Okay. Uh, number two is Inception, and my last pick is Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Okay. College kid favorite Donnie Darko. The emo phase. Okay. Are you ready for my three? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Number one. My first choice is Predestination. Yeah. My second choice is The Prestige. Uh, oh, two Christopher Nolan films again. And my third film is Triangle, not The Shape. Oh. So to recap, then you have chosen Mulholland Drive, Inception, and Donnie Darko, and I have chosen Predestination, The Prestige, and Triangle. Now what we do is we knock one out of each other's list to leave us with four and then we'll discuss those four in a bit more detail and then choose two. I'm, I'm going to knock out Inception out of your list. A couple of reasons for it. Albert and I covered this in our heist episode, which never went out. We could technically do it, cover it again, because we didn't ever air that episode, which pissed yeah. me off because it was trying to explain Inception to Albert was like, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty, like that could be a mindfuck episode in itself. But yeah, and I've seen it loads and it's not my favourite Christopher Nolan film, so I'm knocking it out. I'm going to get rid of pre predestination. You're getting out predestination, are you? Well, 100% this qualifies as a mindfuck movie. Uh, it's okay. certainly an original concept. It's worth a watch. That's all I'll say. Okay, cool. So to recap then, what we've got left is Mulholland Drive and Donnie Darko in your list and The Prestige and Triangle in my list. Can you tell me some things about Mulholland Drive, please? I've not seen this. Neither, neither have I. Uh, It is a David Lynch film, came out in 2001, and the synopsis is... Blondie Betty Elms has only just arrived in Hollywood to become a movie star when she meets an enigmatic brunette with amnesia. Meanwhile, as the two set off to solve a second woman's identity, filmmaker Adam runs into ominous trouble while casting his latest project. Could also have been a film about a film. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking as I was reading that. And Donnie Darko, directed by Richard Kelly, also came out in 2001. 
And the synopsis is, after narrowly escaping a bizarre accident, a troubled teenager is pledged by vision of a large bunny rabbit that manipulates him to commit a series of crimes. I've yet to say this, but I've um, I've been meaning to. Okay. This film, I depressed the fuck out of me. Do you remember that song? All around me are familiar faces. Oh, yeah. Faces. Yeah. Um, yeah, very <laughs> sombre. Okay. But you haven't seen either of those? No. All right, so Prestige. Um, let's get the Blu-ray out so I can just read it straight off of that. Um, when did it come out? 2006 it came out. It was directed by Christopher Nolan, and it stars Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson, and David Bowie as Tesla as well, randomly. Have hmm. you seen this one? No. It sounds familiar, but I don't think I've watched it. Uh, magicians. Maybe things are not quite as they seem. Maybe there's a twist. Maybe there's not a twist. Maybe David Bowie is Tesla and he's created machines that defy any laws of gravity, reality, or physics. Maybe he hasn't. Maybe there's a cat. Maybe there's not. Think. Think mindfuck. (laughs) Think mindfuck. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. And triangle was my next choice. Uh, It's another one that I own. And this one came out in 2009. Uh, randomly, Dan Films Limited is uh, is written on the back of the Blu-ray. Case. Brilliant! Isn't that your email address for work or something? Yeah, Dan Films <laughs> Limited. It should be, shouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was written and directed by Christopher Smith, and it stars Melissa George, Michael Dorman, Rachel Capani, Henry Nixon. Emma Lung and Liam Hemsworth has got Hemsworth in it. When Jess, Melissa George, 30 Days of Night, sets sail with a group of friends, she cannot shake the feeling that there is something wrong. Then the yacht hits a storm and the group is forced to board a passing ocean liner, a ship Jess is convinced she's seen before. Although it appears deserted, they soon find they are not alone. Someone is intent on hunting them down one by one and Jess unknowingly holds the key to end the terror. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say. They... They're on a yacht. Sure. They stumble across a big boat. They get on a boat uh, and shit goes down. I, I think I put it on our mo- mo- uh, movie set on the water. I might have put it in my yeah. list then. And you got really pissed off that I didn't choose <laughs> it then. Yeah, you chose Waterworld. Which I, yeah. I, you know, I like Waterworld. Don't get me wrong. But I really wanted to watch Triangle. Uh, and that's why I made it onto this list. Are you any closer to thinking which way you're going to go with mine? I'm going to go Triangle. Alrighty. So we're going to knock out the prestige. We're going to keep triangle. And out of your list, I'm going to knock out Donnie Darko because I haven't seen Mulholland Drive and it's a Lynch film and I should watch it. Film Foods will be very happy with that. I hope so. They they said that they uh, really wanted us to review this film. So that worked out well. Oh, brilliant. Cool. So to recap then, so we're going to be watching Mulholland Drive and Triangle over the course of the next period of time throughout mindfuck movies or WTF or mind challenging films as you as you suggested whatever we call it got any other suggestions or honorable mentions you were thinking about well um film foods mentioned uh, they gave me a list so memento which we've already uh we've already reviewed predestination which was on your list primer yes. coherence triangle which we are watching next week the Prestige, Mother, and Mulholland Drive, and then a couple, um, a couple of ones that I had in mind were The Sixth Sense. Oh yeah, I definitely wouldn't have chosen that. Yeah, <laughs> Eyes Wide Shut. It's <laughs> definitely a sexy time theme going on with your your suggestions this week. Oh, I know. Oh God, have you seen this film? Yeah, of course I have. It's Tom Cruise. Okay. It's Tom Cruise right, being right. Tom Cruise. He does Tom Cruise okay. sex with Yeah. I have seen it a long time ago and I, I didn't I didn't yeah. love it, but I was probably too young to get it. To yeah, it's not I've I've seen like I think I may have seen bits and pieces of it and I wasn't too interested. Yeah. Uh The Matrix. Oh, good one. And Vanilla Sky would have been another one. Good choices, mate. There are a lot to choose from, aren't there? Because it's quite subjective as well. Like it's very much what mm. you take into a film and what you would consider to be mind challenging. 
I've got a couple of suggestions from Sarah at Radio Gore Press. She suggested Enter the Void, Jacob's Ladder, oh, yeah. A Tale of Two Sisters, and Time Crimes. Uh, Time Crimes is a film I've been meaning to watch for the longest time, and I just haven't got around to it. Sometimes I'm a bit lazy with foreign films and subtitles. I tend to just watch them. It's, it, I have to be in the right frame of mind, I guess. Um, my honourable mentions, I'd written down Inception, 2001, The Space Odyssey, uh the experiment get out and total recall and what about tenant have you seen tenant yet i may have a movie ticket to go watch it next week fuck you (laughs) you can't talk about it on a show because i'm i'm amazed that i've not had this film sport for me yet i'll I'll mention that i've watched uh next yeah and that's it try not yeah (laughs) i'll watch tenant done yeah Moving on. <laughs> and then I'll mute you. Awesome. All right, good work. I'm knackered now. Um, so it's a good mm. thing because I can rest because the next section is Stitch Up, section number three. And this is your bit because you, you lost the poll last time. I, I've, after a four-week oh. losing streak, finally you lost the poll and you had to watch The Hottie and the Naughty, mm. um, the film that <laughs> Mark Commode described as a Nazi trap. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yes, Hottie and the Naughty. It came out in 2008. Tagline, love never needed to be so blind. And the synopsis is... I love oh, it God, already. <laughs> the synopsis is, Nate moves to LA to track down Christabel, the woman he'd been in love with since childhood, only to discover that his plans to woo her has one hurdle to overcome. What's even more complicated is Nate's growing feelings for June, who truly's beauty starts to emerge. Uh, Paris Hilton's in this film. Joe David Moore, uh, Christine Larkin. Nate goes to LA and he bumps into one of his nerdy friends and surprisingly his... Um, his friend's mum knows a lot about Christabel. Weird, like stalkerish amount of information. Like her, like her, she goes for a run at the beach at this time every day. So then that's how he tracks her down and barksley falls on her. He's like, "Oh my god, Christabel!" Blah blah blah. Ooh, and um, yeah. So Paris Hilton's character was called Christabel. Yes, that's correct. Okay. She she's kind of like, oh yeah, you know, we could date, but. I've become celibate that I don't want to date someone unless June has a boyfriend. So then Nate is on this mission to find June a boyfriend so then he can then finally date Christabel. So June is the naughty and Paris Hilton is the hottie. Is the hottie. <laughs> oh, great lines in this, great dialogue in this film. One in particular, Paris Hilton says, to be celibate until June loses her virginity. How she puts it is, life without orgasms is like a world without flowers. It's poetry, isn't it? I mean, it's it's straight out of Shakespeare. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. Well, that was the idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I thought I would want to, you know how last week you're like, I would want to fucking punch Jason Derulo. I thought I would want to punch Paris Hilton by the end of this film, but yeah. not not so much. It wasn't as bad as I thought it, it was going to be on her end. Okay. The dialogue was terrible. It was really awkward. Uh, June becomes this um, becomes beautiful again. Oh, becomes beautiful. She's got she's got inner beauty, but uh, she kind of starts dating this dentist who's also a supermodel slash blah, blah, blah. Cool. Dentist stroke supermodel. How random is that? Yeah, I know. Um, so they, they're dating and then, you know, he gets her some deals on like, you know, teeth. Um, getting brand new teeth. Also, you know, skin laser skin thing, all these other things. And then, you know, near the end, Nate kind of realizes, oh, my personality kind of matches more June than Christabel. And then Christabel, you know, she's like, oh, you know, she's not as bothered. She thinks, oh, you know, it's so lovely. June is finally, you know, meeting someone. And she probably thinks, oh, you know, I could, there's plenty 
any guys that would want to date me anyway. Of course. Nate goes and finds her and then uh, they have a little moment by the seaside and that's the end of the film. So Nate cops off with June in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because she goes from a, a knotty to a hottie, she gets all the plastic yeah. surgery. So he's like, oh, she's hot now. So I'm going to, do you know what? I think I fancy her now because she's attractive. Yeah. What a beautiful message. That's that's all I'm going to say about this film. Uh, I'll give it, I'll give it one star. One, that's pretty bad. One star for the beautiful poetic line that I just read out to you before. All right. Orgasms and flowers. I watched a couple of reviews on this just to see what the general consensus is and the kind of think bad things that people are pointing out and stuff. And uh, mm. yeah, it's pretty, the general consensus is, is, is terrible. I watched one review that said it's not as bad as everyone says, but it's fucking not great it's pretty and it, yeah it's in imdb's bottom 100 i think it's like number four or five or something really yeah and um oh i forgot to mention how much they oh, let me tell you the budget on this film and how much they made My... okay <laughs> have a guess have a guess how much money they put into this film i'm gonna say 10 million not too far off nine million was the budget Box office was a bit over 1.5 mil. Lost, lost, a, lost a few quid then, unfortunately. Mm. It sounds like it fucking deserved it. Paris Hilton was a producer on it, apparently, I heard. Oh, was she? I, I didn't read that information. But uh, I guess that's why she was cast as the hottie. Yeah. Oh. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for that. Thanks very much for that <laughs> review, mate. Um, I'm definitely never going to watch the hottie and the hottie, and it's gone forever, so you can never put it on Stitch Up. Uh, you can never put it on the polls. Um, speaking of which, we've got to find out who lost the poll last time. Now, yeah. you chose for me a film called The Emoji Movie, and I mm-hmm. chose for you a film what is called Gooby. And it was my turn to put on a poll, and I did that. I put the poll on last night. So let's have a look and see how the results are going. Because Oh, yeah, because it's still going, isn't it? It's still running, but uh, we'll just take the results as they currently stand. So... Bear with me while I open up my Instagram and then there'll be a, a little bit of music probably that comes on. Oh, hello. Okay, so we had seven votes in total and there are five votes <sighs> for the loser, two votes for the winner. Oh, okay. With 71% of the votes and only for the second time, two weeks on the run, you are watching Gooby. How do you like those onions? Oh, yeah, it's fine. I'm not too sure what Gooby is about, but I'll, <laughs> I'll let you kids, I'll let all of you kids know what it's about next week. It's a, it's a film that I found out randomly on one of these YouTube shows. Um, it was right for Stitch Up, so it went straight on my list. I put it on a list so quickly, I nearly gave myself whiplash. Um, <laughs> so you're going to be watching that. Thank the Lord. Oh, and do you know what, actually? Next week, you've yeah. got to do the topic intro and you're doing a Stitch Up. You're going to be a very busy person and I'm going to get a bit of a rest, which is great. I fucking need it. (laughs) So it's the Nicole show next time. Brilliant. Gooby, gooby, gooby. Thank you very much, listeners. Let's try and keep that going with the the next poll. Um, We'll see about that. uh, And I've got a choice for you for for the next next poll, mate. I don't think it's not going to be that bad because you were saying that you didn't find Paris Hilton as annoying in... The hot in and not ears. You thought you would find her. So I'm going to give you another Paris Hilton, and it's called Pledge This. No, you can't do that, mate. I already put that on. Have you? What, for me? Yeah. Um, yes, you put it on episode 40. Oh, are you, you checking to-, to see if I was correct? <laughs> I thought that you was, but I was just curious when it, when it was. And it was, yeah, yeah, you lost that one. You had to watch Catwoman. Um, I... Just chose Pledge This, which apparently we've already put on the list, so I, I can't choose that, and I've had to just go and find something else. I've consulted my letterbox list for you, my private list for yeah. you, and I've chosen a film, what is called Mons Turd. Mons Turd, as in the poo. <laughs> Don't get caught with your pants down. Brilliant. There oh, no, because my film's not going to be, is not going to compare to that. Oh, fuck. Oh, well, I'm still going with it. Something that you may have posted on your Instagram this week. What did I post about it? And it was rubbish. The Secret, Dare to Dream. Oh, you fucker. <laughs> you fucker. 
<laughs> oh, how did I not see this coming? You are a crafty bastard, Nicole. You are fucking crafty. The secret. <laughs> do, you, do you know what? Uh, if I if I imagine that this film doesn't exist, <laughs> uh, if I if I say to the universe that I don't want this film to exist, then obviously it's just going to like go from existence and it won't be on Netflix yeah. anymore. So if you think about that, you are definitely going to win next week's poll. Yeah. Then you won't have to watch the film next week. I'll, vis- I'll visualise it. I'll put some affirmations <laughs> up and I'll say, I am definitely winning the poll next week. Losing, Nicole is losing yeah. the poll and it will definitely happen because that's how yeah. it works. That's how, that's how the world works. <laughs> Uh, um, I was scared. <laughs> I was scared that you were going to put the secret on for me, but I've seen it, so I can easily review that shitty documentary film, whatever you want to call it. I'd call it a mockumentary. Um, yeah, <laughs> good, good choice. All right, fair, fair play to you, mate. Um, so for the next poll, for you is Monsterd, and for me is the secret. Dare to dream. That's going on your poll. So where where can we find you, my friend? You can find me on the Instagrams at Chikanika or Nika Creative. Where can we find you, Dan? We've got our own podcast page on Instagram now, which is at Twin Picks Pod, I think. Is it Twin Picks? I should really know this. At Twin Picks Pod. Yeah, we'll say. <laughs> Just start, yeah. search, search Twin Picks Podcast and you'll find it. <laughs> um, my, my own page is uh, at flick.face. And if you want to email the show, it's twinpickspod at gmail.com. Um, we have set up a Kofi page now because Ooh. I'd like to improve the show. I want to get some headphones. We spoke about it earlier. I want to get some headphones. Maybe we'll get you a mic. You know, um, Melbourne studio, my old house. <laughs> As a That's joke, right. we're com- completely joking about that. I'm not joking. If, if for some reason we accidentally get to enough money to buy a house, which will never happen, um, yeah. we'll buy a studio in Melbourne and we'll record out of our Melbourne HQ. Uh, but yeah, if you would like to contribute to our Melbourne studio, then please head over to ko-fi.com slash Twin Picks Podcast. We'll put a link in the description as well. And uh, like only if you want to. Like, I'm not fuss. Do it. Don't do it. Yeah. We'll always put these out for free anyway. And if not, fine. We'll still be your mates. Uh, and that's about it, isn't it? Shall we wrap things up then? We should. Thanks very much for listening, guys. We appreciate all the downloads and the listens we're getting at the moment. Carry on interacting with us on Instagram. Like to hear all your thoughts and feelings on the shows and what you guys have been watching. So, yeah, we'll catch up with you next time. Goodbye, Mr. Norris. Goodbye, Mr. Farewell. Norris. Farewell. See you next week. See you next Tuesday. Hey. Well, it does come out on a Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> it comes out on a Tuesday for you, doesn't it, actually? You're right. Yeah. That's now a new sign-off now, isn't it? See you next, <laughs> no, tu- no. See you next Tuesday, Australia. <laughs>